0: And welcome once again to In the Finest Hour, a 40k competitive podcast giving you tips and strategies that you can use in about an hour. I am your host, Sean Morgan, sometimes known as Abuse Puppy. And I have with me, as always, our good podcast host, Shailen Allen-West.
1: Howdy how.
0: And our evil podcast host, Ben Jurek.
2: Welcome back.
0: Welcome back, indeed. Although... I guess it doesn't feel like we're back yet. We're not quite back because things are definitely not normal back yet. But we're getting there, you know? We're getting Look, there. Look, man, this
2: is just an episode of WandaVision, okay? That's, that's what I'm convinced now.
0: Fair enough. Oh, no. 2020
2: is just an effed up WandaVision.
0: Is, is 2021 the sequel to that then? WandaVision 2 Electric Boogaloo?
2: No, it's it's the season finale.
0: Oh, okay, getting real weird then. Go weird or go home. I well, I don't have to go home because I have stayed home, so that that part is actually very easy for me. But well, the other hand, I have also gone weird since I have stayed home, so now I'm confused. <laughs> well,
2: speaking of weird nightmares, uh-huh. I had a nightmare the of the first time that I tried to write a list. <laughs>
0: Was it amazing?
2: I mean, I net mm-hmm. and I was I was bad at it, mm-hmm. but it, it was still a list.
0: What kind of list was it?
2: It, it was it was an orc list. It, it okay. had the, had a good pour of Eighth Edition Index boys. Um, it had like ninety boys and some other stuff. But like, right. here I go running running a bunch of boys around into somebody who brought a bunch of. Uh, bunch of um artillery and mortar squads and bunch of our oh, stuff and i'm like I, I guess i'm just gonna die and then like i ran into two repulsors and i <laughs> i went own three at my first rtt that i actually like tried to play a competitive list at <laughs>
1: oof my first list was a completely different disaster uh-huh i believe i played you sean or i was playing adam i don't remember i don't
0: recall
1: it was the list of the models i owned
0: Yes, the list many of us play.
1: And this was back in 6th uh, edition Grey Knights, so you could add a buttload of upgrades onto your guys to make them legal, but mm-hmm. those upgrades kind of meant nothing, so I had like a 400-point Grand Master.
0: That, that was a point, because that was 6th edition, but still using the 5th edition codex for Grey Knights. Yep. Your army could, in fact, consist of drago and six paladins with none of those paladins having a weapon yep and all of them costing over 100 points
1: yep that was a thing you could do
2: 100 point paladins
0: all right all right
2: i'm done
0: yeah you could you could field a list that was essentially weaponless Yep. Yois wasn't that bad, but it was not good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. It didn't have any dreadnights in it yet either. Um mm-hmm. because I didn't own a grotto yet at that point.
0: Nope, nope, no. It was just was... a bunch of
1: random strike bodies.
0: Yeah. My first list, and this is this is peering way back into the mists. This was during second edition. Oof. List building rules in second edition were wacky. Sean, um,
2: what was Warhammer like in the 1900s?
0: Oh, we didn't have none of your old, <laughs> new, fancy ass battalions and detachments. We allocated our points based on percentages, and we liked it.
1: That sounds terrible.
0: Uh, Yeah, so it it was weird because like y- you. of your army had to be troops, and 25% of your army could be support, but support meant both units from your own codex that were listed as support, and also units from allied codexes that you could bring. Okay. So, I had an Imperial Guard army, because those were the models that I had access to, and... I don't know, they have cool tanks, right? Who doesn't love cool tanks? Mm-hmm. But then, also in that army was a single Eldar support platform. Okay. And a squad of nine Grey Knight Terminators.
1: Sounds fabulous.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Do I own those Terminators now?
0: Uh, those Terminators are long, long, long gone. They were not Grey Knight Terminators. They uh. were bases with garbage glued onto them that I said were Grey Knight Terminators.
1: Ah, even better.
0: Yes, uh, this this for reference was the game that my friend and I played on his patio because we of course did not have a proper gaming board um, and we figured why not use the entire patio? So our, our game space was about 30 feet by 80 feet.
1: Holy shit!
0: Yes, um... The Basilisk with infinite range was in fact very effective during that game. I bet. Um, and we decided that six turns was not enough. Like, why stop at six turns? Because we hadn't even gotten into range of each other on turn six. (laughs) (laughs) Huh. Yeah, um... We didn't know what we were doing because we were kids and stupid.
2: I mean we can revisit that patio with an apocalypse game.
0: <laughs> yes. That could we, actually we essentially be fun. were playing Apocalypse except with less than two thousand points.
1: <laughs> uh.
0: So let's take that from the terrible, horrifying, embarrassing lists of our youth into the main topic of today's question, which is writing lists that aren't terrible and won't get you laughed out of a tournament.
1: It's actually really hard to get laughed out of a tournament.
0: Well, I would say it's pretty easy, but relatively uncommon. Uh, if, if, if you wear your, your button-up jammies and, uh, you know, come and try to explain to everyone... About how actually this whole thing on the sixth was really Antifa's fault. You will get laughed out of a tournament almost immediately, Uh, but most people don't go that route. Thankfully.
2: Uh, All right, Sean. The next tournament I play it with you. I'm wearing a onesie. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. Do it. I dare you. You you bring the onesie. I'll bring the Antifa conspiracy theories. All right.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna bring popcorn.
0: That is probably a solid choice. So, when you're building a list, um, there is kind of a, a process to it. Everyone's process is a little bit different, but I think we all go through the same basic kinds of steps. So, what we're going to do here is kind of guide everyone through and, and talk about the list-building process that we, as players who have been playing the game for some time, go through. Um... We can't say that this is exactly what everyone does, but most of these steps are probably happening uh, for pretty much anyone who writes a list at some point. Um, You may do them in a slightly different order. Uh, You may think of them somewhat differently, but you're probably going through these same different steps. Yes.
1: Um, And before you even start steps, I always like to start with the fundamental question. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's this what is your two word goal here because when you have an answer to that it gives you a really simple guide that will keep your list building process on track yeah usually the answer is to win
0: entirely possibly you may have a different goal we are largely going to focus on competitive list building um But you can use this same process to build non-competitive lists also. Uh, It works for anything, you're just going to have a different goal, and thus different considerations for reaching that
2: goal. And if you're evil like me, you have an 8-man tournament that you know you're likely to play one of your friends at, and you build a Mm -hmm. list just to screw
0: (laughs) his. Absolutely, that can be a goal too. So, you start with your goal, because you can't hit a target if you don't have a target. Exactly. But from there, your your next sort of big step, and we'll call this step zero, because this sort of exists prior to the list, is meta-analysis. Looking at what sort of space are you playing in.
1: Or, as we will use multiple times in this episode, defining the problems. Yeah. Break it down into problems, like ah, oh, man, there's a lot of armor in my area. That's a problem you're going to have to solve later.
2: Yeah, you'll you'll never exactly see me playing the like word-for-word list when I travel um, just because of expected metas and expected people that I plan to see and likely play if I do well. Um, if I have an idea what they're playing or where the meta's going to be, uh, even if it's the exact same edition meta, it can change by by game by game and by location by location.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is arguably one of the hardest steps of this process, because you don't just have to know what the current meta is, you need to know what people are going to be playing by the time you bring your list to a tournament. So you need to be looking ahead to do this. And you need to look at what lists people are bringing and what can beat them.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: You also want to be considering what kind of terrain you'll expect. Um, That's probably a little bit more of a tournament-to-tournament consideration to worry about. But it's something you should be considering, is does this tournament typically have very heavy or very light terrain? Are there any specific terrain pieces that I have seen at this tournament in the past that I should be concerned about? If you go to a tournament that has a gigantic 36 inch tall 24 inch wide massive block of a hill you need to think about that um that hill will probably still be there next time (laughs) if
2: i could copy paste any of my like team chat chats i've had about 40k one of the most common things that comes up when we're about to go to an event is what's the terrain like and we're usually trying to reach out to someone that either has that information or find someone that does, because that's a really important part of before we even go Absolutely. to a tournament, is knowing that.
0: Metas can shift very quickly. Terrain changes very slowly because it's expensive to buy new terrain, and it takes time to assemble and paint and get ready. Yes. So, you, so we'll say that you have figured out what your meta is like, uh, that Space Marines are dominating, or that orcs are a big part. Uh, And this isn't going to be like, you probably don't want a one-line summary. You want a a more nuanced approach to this, and that is, of course, the hard part is figuring out what sort of lists are likely, who's going to bring them, and how well they'll do, because even if a list makes up 75% of the meta, if it still loses all the time, you don't care. You want to build to beat the best lists. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, don't don't build to beat the guys you know you're likely going to beat anyway, even if they're playing, like, the mightiest netlist in the world, you want to build to beat the people that you feel like you're probably going to lose to or have a great game against. So some of this does come down to players available also. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Um The larger events you go to, the less a consideration that will be. If you're going to LVO, you can't build to beat the best players because every best player is going to be there. Um, yeah. But if you go to your local RTT or like a, a 30, 35 person like GT, um, you certainly can expect who is most likely to be there and what they will probably bring, and that should probably influence your decisions. Uh, We're not saying skew your list against them, but if you know that Ben is going and Ben always brings orcs, you better be ready to beat orcs.
1: Mm -hmm. So the next steps in our process we divided into a step 1A, 1B, 1C, and that's because Mm -hmm. they take place kind of simultaneously and with each other. Mm -hmm. So this isn't a, you know, the order isn't specific here. (laughs)
0: Yes, it's we're, we're we're again we're looking at kind of broad strokes for the list building process. Different people will approach this in a little bit different ways. Yes. So, we'll we'll, we'll start with step 1A, uh, kind of arbitrarily defined as your your purpose for the list. Um, what kind of list are you trying to make? You know, you figured out your meta, you figured out what is likely to be able to beat that? What is that, and what does that actually mean? So, maybe you have figured out that fast vehicles with fly are going to be extremely good against your meta, or are something you want to try out, or whatever other reason you have chosen to do this for. Um, so, you, you need to sort of solidify that idea in your mind of, okay, my list's core idea is fast-flying vehicles, and you should come back to that multiple points because it's very easy to get off track. Um, that As you're adding units, it's like, okay, I'll add, you know, some units to go inside these flying transports I have, and then I will bring, you know, okay, I need some heavy firepower, so I'll, I'll put up a couple guys in the backfield to hold an objective, and you keep adding units, and pretty soon you realize you've diluted your core concept down.
1: In fact, it's really useful to write what your core concept is on the top of the paper or name your Battlescribe file that so you can remember. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: And sometimes you get kind of stuck on a list idea or stuck on a particular core that even though you wrote ten different lists, all roads led back to Rome and you wrote the same list ten times.
0: Yes, that will happen a lot. We'll talk a little bit more about that process later. Um, But if that happens to you... That's part of the process too. Don't worry too much about it. Mm-hmm. So, let's go to step one B then, um, as as Shaylin would probably describe it, constraining the problem space.
1: Yes. So these are things like you open up the tournament packet because we're assuming you're going to a tournament here. So it's like, mm-hmm. what's the points total? What's the round time? If the round times are super short, you probably don't want to bring your slogger list. Yeah. And the other thing to think about is what models do you have? What do you have access to? What are you going to get painted in time? These
0: Mm -hmm. are things
1: you need to think about.
0: Yeah. um, We are talking about, you know, creating lists sort of in a vacuum here. um, But... Very few people just have access to infinite numbers of every model in the faction. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously you have a limit on your your point total and the physical play factors. Um, so you certainly need to keep those in mind. It may be that the best possible list is 780 snotlings. That doesn't mean you can bring that list. Um... For a variety of reasons. So think about what the the actual constraints you have and what they are going to mean for what you can do. Uh, if you're trying to build a flying armor list and you only have four flying armor list models know, only four wave serpents, only four repulsors, whatever, um, you might need to be stepping back and saying, I don't know if I can do this list or... Reconceptualizing it is okay, I can't do a full armor list, but maybe maybe I can do a hybrid list
2: yeah and there there's also constraints of travel and packing and how you're gonna haul that list yes. around um I've definitely had to change up a list a little bit knowing that I was going to be taking an airplane uh, to a tournament mm-hmm. um so keep that in mind too uh transportation is important
0: I own Magnus and Mortarion they have never gone to a tournament because I you know, feasible way to transport them in my current situation.
1: They went once, and I carried them in my hands.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Get a baby carrier. Come on, son. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know? You know?
2: Just get, get the little baby carrier, put them in front. Maggie, can, ri- Maggie uh-huh. can ride with you.
0: Uh-huh. Got a little bottle for them of noln oil, and yeah yeah uh, so let's transition that into a a similar part, uh one c here, which is uh building your solution space um and this is consider taking uh, the considerations for yourself into context
1: um this a big part here is your playstyle preference. like mm-hmm. I like to play with gray knights, so I'm going to be inclined to pick them. Right. Even if they're bad.
0: <laughs> and and you can also take it well beyond that. Uh, you know, aggressive versus reactive lists, shooting versus melee lists.
2: Highly complicated orders of operations and yep, skill yep. play. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, your skill level should absolutely be a consideration. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean you should let it limit you it is okay to try and play something that's above your tip of your what you might think of as your skill level uh but it should be a consideration is like will i be able to handle this
2: i see it as a, somewhat a constraint there sean where do i have the time to learn this list
0: yeah there's also i think the consideration of will i be able to take this to its full performance um you know might i do better with a list that is simpler because i am still learning things even if i'm given who knows how much time but you shouldn't let that be a an overwhelming constraint it is okay to play above your skill level
1: cuz that's how you grow and get better yeah Uh, But it is something to keep in mind. Uh, Also, your mental and physical endurance, if you're like, man, my personal life is on fire right now, you probably want to play a less complicated list.
0: Mm -hmm. Or if you are expecting a tournament with, you know, three or four three-hour rounds in a day, and you know that you just don't have the mental and physical endurance to push through those full three-hour rounds, maybe you need to bring a night list and finish all your games in an hour and a half.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and then the this also helps you narrow down what lists you actually want to make. If you have like unlimited constraint, unlimited constraints of like, oh, I have access to all the models and I have access to all the things. Where? What do I do next? Like, I I can easily run the 300 Grot list. You're not going to see me run the 300 Grot list.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. So I think that takes us to step two proper. Uh, which is where, having sort of figured out all of these constraints and considerations that point you where you want to go, you you start putting together the actual list you want. Um, this is where you make your big decisions. of Like, okay, I'm doing a, a flying armor list. The core of my list is three hammerheads and two devilfish. I know I'm starting from there. If I have less than that... The list just isn't what I'm thinking of it. Or if you are starting from a net list uh, or something that someone else has given you, you look at that and say, "Okay, this list worked for them. What do I need to change about this list to make it work for me?" You know, I don't, I don't like Vanguard veterans. They've just never performed properly for me. Uh, we're gonna take out those vanguard veterans, replace them with something else that does the same sort of general job.
2: Yeah, I like to call this uh, phase the deciding your core phase. Um, like I yeah. said, so this is the big decision where you you know make the okay. Here's what my list is focusing on, and this is where you figure out if it's a if it's a bikes list, an armored list, an infantry list, like. This is where that major, like 1,000 to 1,500 points, is mostly decided. Um, there's some decisions that happen within yeah. that, like war gear and whatnot, but this is where that big decision is made. And if you took a netlist from it, you can usually pretty easily identify the core if you've been playing the game at all. So you can look at the core okay. of that netlist and start with just that skeleton versus the entire netlist.
1: So, on that note of core, because I'd like to expand that a little bit. Um, this is when you're you pick up your opponent's list and you glance at it. What is the very first like 2 to 3 takeaways you get? That's this part. It is obvious.
0: Yeah, uh you you want to be like understanding what the fundamental thing your list does most effectively when its plan is working. Um that's what this step really is um whatever whatever sits at the center of your list and does the work maybe that means revolving entirely around one unit and then you need to figure out which things you bring to support that unit or maybe you have a bunch of different units that work together and they all sort of com- accomplish a a job as a team and no one of them is is the most important um there are lots of different kinds of ways to Uh, approach this core for different kinds of armies. Um, But all armies have a core. Mm -hmm. The, The thing that they don't function without. And that's, in a lot of cases, how these armies get named. When you see lists like the Broviathan, the core of that list is the Leviathan and the units that support it. Yeah. And... If you can identify that, that is one of your biggest steps to good list building, because it means you understand what makes a list tick.
1: Um, which leads to kind of the the supporting aspect of what I like to call solution analysis, because the first step was defining all your problems. Now you're like, well, uh, it I've got my core idea, but I really, really need to have something in the psychic phase, or I'm going to get steamrolled by these Thousand Suns players that keep popping up.
0: Right. This is where a lot of your meta-analysis is going to come in, um, where you're going to have to start balancing various choices, and you'll say, okay, the most common list and is this, but I do really well against that. However, I'm weak to this other thing, so I need a unit that can solve that problem for me. Um, y- these points are where you're going to start putting in Units to solve problems that may mean branching out of your faction, or it may mean st- sticking with your faction, depending on exactly what you're playing. Um, but you're you're finding solutions for problems either from other lists or from the game itself. Like you may look at your list and realize, oh, I don't have anything to sit in my backfield. I kind of need just like five idiots to sit back there and score an objective.
2: You're like, oh, I have no action monkeys. What now? <laughs> yes.
1: yes. Um, The other thing to note here, and this is kind of when you're transitioning into what we're going to call step three, is you're going to be start mindful of how many points you're spending. So when you look at a solution and you're trying to pick between two different things that solve the problem, what takes the least amount of points? Or does it solve mm-hmm. multiple solutions? Those are things yeah. to consider.
0: And I think this is where I know that Shay Lin and I diverge significantly on thought process. Uh, yeah. be- because we, a- we approach this final step from very different directions. I stick everything I could want into a list and then cut stuff out. So my 2,000-point lists often start at 24 or 2,600 points. And then I'll look at it and say, what in this list is extraneous? What can I remove because it doesn't matter? And keep trimming down and trimming down and trimming down. Shaylin approaches it from the, obvi- the opposite. End.
1: Yes, uh, I don't build over that number ever. I don't permit myself to.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So So basically I'll be sitting there at like... 980 points and that's when i'll shave and rebuild and shave and rebuild till i get to 2000
0: right uh you 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 will add units to get to 2000 while i will remove units and i'm curious what which approach do you take or do you have a different one
2: i i focus on the core where i usually focus on that first 1500 points um Mm-hmm. And then establish like my base list and then I usually save that five hundred points as a toolbox, um, to go like okay. super meta analysis. Uh unless mm-hmm. I, I have made some lists that are just like they end up being like eighteen fifty points before I can actually play there, so that's not always the case. But I usually build sure. that fifteen hundred points and I save that extra five hundred for whatever the meta may be.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it it sounds like you kind of go more with Shaylin's approach, where you are building up to two thousand points rather than trimming down to. Well,
2: I'll let myself go over because sometimes like I end up with almost like two core ideas that that merge, yeah. and like I end up with like twenty eight hundred points, and I'm like, oh. Um, I guess something, I guess I got to pick a, pick a, pick a side here. So I I get, I get relatively experimental and I've made some relatively fat lists because I'm like, well, what if I built nine Gorgonauts? Um, and (laughs) then, and he realized that nine Gorgonauts is almost 3000 points. Um, so like it. Yeah, and it doesn't work. That it's overrule or three and everything else, but just being hilarious. Um, right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I start out with like some really just you know spitball ideas, and sometimes those spitball ideas are huge, and I need to cut them down.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh. And, and this is also a step where I sometimes realize that a list does not work. Um, because I will, I will build a list and write out an approximate, like, okay, I feel like this is what I need to make it function. And obviously that is over, as that's kind of the way I build. And so I'll, I'll trim things down. Um, uh, but, it, but if I start out a list and I'm like, well, this is what I need to make it function. And I have 3,000 points. I probably can't trim a third of the list. And that's often a sign to me of like, oh, this just doesn't work this this idea is flawed on a fundamental level and i need to abandon
2: it yeah a list building session can go kind of sideways pretty quick uh when you start realizing like well i spent five cp to get to this point i can Uh spend no cp and just make this minor adjustment and accomplish the same goal um Mm -hmm. that's when these things start sticking out and that's when like ideas that probably aren't as efficient or good as you want them to be become glaringly obvious
1: yeah um a a good thing for when you do do cutting because i have built over as an exercise is i basically i identify the non-negotiables what can't be taken out of here Mm -hmm. and if that number is over two thousand points as sean has pointed out it's probably not
0: you have you have a flawed idea um but, but this is where you are considering various levels of, do I have enough of various units to achieve saturation and make it difficult for my opponent to destroy my list? Do I have enough of my own guns to destroy various targets that my opponent is likely to present? Uh, these sort of considerations. You know, Do I need nine of this or will eight be enough?
1: Yes. uh, Saturation, the best way i describe it, is how little do you really have to take? Yeah. Like, what is the bare minimum bar to make this thing work? And I've discovered, most of the time, like, seven models in a unit is just enough, and eight is is with margin, but that's a different discussion.
0: I think that depends a lot on the individual unit, the list it's in, and other factors. Um,
1: But the fact that I know that is saying that I've studied saturation.
0: For sure. Uh, These are things you will get more intuition about and better information about as you continue to play the list. Um, But you can only do that by playing, and that is going to take a bunch of iteration and other considerations.
1: Which we're covering in the next half.
2: I try to determine the saturation point with usually just a bunch of math hammer, like how many of X guns do I need to kill X on average, and I usually try to build around that.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure, that can give you some some information uh, if you're starting from a zero point rather than iterating on a list you already designed.
2: I mean, like on Terminators, like, you know, do I really need 10? Well, I could bring 9. Would 9 still kill this X m- m- uh, meta situation?
0: Mm-hmm. Well... I think we have a lot more to jump into, sort of, considering all of that, but let's go ahead and take ourselves a little break first, and then when we come back, we'll talk about many of those considerations. All right, we are back. So let's, let's start this off with the art of the trade-off.
1: Ah, yes.
0: This is one of the most critical things you will have to do. Uh, we've mentioned it before, but no army has a 100% win rate against everything. And you won't have solutions for every possible problem your opponent gives you you have to consider what the most likely problems are and your most efficient solutions.
1: And some armies may officially have a solution to every problem, but it might not be efficient, or it might not be in enough saturation to really work.
0: Or it might just be bad. Yeah.
2: (laughs) That does exist. We don't need to call everything good. There's no participation trophies here.
0: (laughs) Yes. So when you are looking at your meta-analysis and considering what you need to cut from your army, you need to be thinking about what's most important and what is going to help your win rate out the most overall. Um, Because every change you make is probably going to improve you against some armies and make you worse against others. So the question is, which of those armies am I likely to see and how much does this change my win rate? Uh, You know, if, if you're expecting to see a ton of Terminators... Obviously, having a damage three weapon does improve your win rate there. Mm-hmm. But if that damage three weapon is AP zero, maybe it doesn't help you enough for what you're giving up.
1: Yeah. Balance against the meta is the best way to look at it. You're playing the meta, you're not playing particular people. Yes. At least in this part of the game. <laughs>
0: Well, your meta is obviously composed of the individual people you're likely to see, but you don't know which of them you're going to get matched up against before the tournament. Even if you know who the best players are, anyone can win a game, anyone can lose a game. Mm -hmm. Um, So don't bet everything on I'm definitely going to face Carl in round six, and uh, so I need to Buy as my whole list to beat Carl. That's going to hurt you in every other game. It may mean you never get to round six.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. Whether you have a skewed list or not, you kind of need to go with your accepted weaknesses. And I'm going to use skewed list as a reference, um, just because a I like them. They're fun to play. And b mm-hmm. um, they're the mo- they're the thing where you. Except the obvious trade-off of like, well, my list is horrible against X, but I have a 1 in 20 chance of facing X, so I'm okay. Um, if I face X, well, I'm going to have a real bad time because I didn't hedge against them at all. Um, take all comers is what people try to do uh, as much as they can, which is why your most successful um, regularly placing lists have a relatively take all comers build to them. And uh, your more you know 4-in-1 and 5-in-1 lists... Kind of usually have that glaring weakness, and at some point that glaring weakness got exposed.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's... The, the the sort of lists that place highly but don't win often do so because they lack a solution to one or more significant armies.
1: Toolbox lists are a good solu- general solution list to a lot of things.
0: They can be, um... There's value to going both directions. We're not going to try and make a judgment on whether you should play a toolbox list or a SKU list or, or whatever it may be. Um, but do think about that decision. Don't make that decision by accident. Make it by choice.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: also, consider what the, the general problem space for all lists are. You know, what does your durability look like? What does your scoring look like? How fast is your list? What sort of offensive threats, either shooting or melee, do you present? Do you play the psychic game at all? How much of the board can you occupy? Are you forced to cluster up in order to take advantage of character auras? Um, These are just, like, common factors of many, many, many lists and you need to look at how your list is performing on them, in the same way you would look at it if you were sitting across the table and your opponent just handed you their army list.
2: Yeah, and there's there's an expectation of play here. Um, if you don't know that Death Guard are slow, and you're upset that your turn one was slow and not high-scoring, well, you why, why are you playing Death Guard? Um, right.
1: Maybe you learned something right there.
2: You you should know what your problems are um, at this point, uh, especially uh, since we're looking at the trade offs and whatnot, and accept your problems and you know somewhat adjust your play around them. Not really your, your li- not really always your list, but because sometimes you can't avoid it. Um, but at the same time, like if you want to fill those small gaps and bring in you know a little deep strike unit to do something or add a faster unit to you know hedge something there. Um, that's you. You. That's how you solve. That's how you solve those problems. Those little solutions.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, other things to consider are are what I call the 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 four big biggies, which is secondaries. Are you trying to keep your opponent from getting them, or are you actively gunning for them, or both? Mm-hmm. Um, stratagems, because those are big effects your army can have. So. What are you going to build off of there, or are you not going to build off of them? Some stratagems you toss in the garbage before you start. Psychic powers, if that's applicable to you, and relics. Because those are all really big things that you decide now.
0: Yeah, especially with the change to the way Ninth edition handles those, and the sort of forcing you to make those, list, those choices at the list design step, you need to be thinking, which stratagems am I going to be activating each game? How much CP am I starting the game with and how much am i investing into my stratagems relics and warlord traits
1: yeah um because if you're sitting there and you're like man i really want these like three relics but can you afford to spend the cp on those relics
0: yeah especially if you're taking multiple detachments
2: this also affects how you build a little bit because sometimes you would you know run an msu of a bunch of stuff and be cool but then your double shoot stratagem doesn't really have the impact you're looking for and you're like oh i need to run this Mm -hmm. group i split into three uh as one large blob
0: yes uh you 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 need to be looking at your what your play options are with the list you've built uh not just what it does at the list design step but also what it does on the table
1: Another thing to think about is the concept of diminishing returns. You can push your list to do something and keep pushing and pushing and pushing. At a certain point, you're not getting a lot back for all that trouble.
0: Yeah, this is mostly an issue of skew lists, um, where at a certain point, adding more of a thing just loses most of its value. Um, If you have one night... It's probably just a target. If you have two knights, oh, yeah, okay. Three knights, oh, they're pretty tough. Four knights, yeah, that's a lot to get rid of. Five knights, okay, not going to kill all those in one game. Six knights.
1: Um, what are you holding the board with?
0: Seven knights. Okay, so you just, you don't have anything else, I guess?
2: <laughs> I mean, that's just knight lists. That's kind of what they're stuck with, but, you know.
0: sure. <laughs> But it, it's worth thinking about these choices. Uh, you know, beyond a certain point, your the durability gain from Saturation loses value, and by the same token, the firepower gain from Saturation can lose value as well. Um, if you have one melt gun who even cares? If you have ten guns oh wow, that's pretty scary to multi-wound targets. If you have thirty guns Okay, well, you, I guess you didn't you didn't bring any bolters, did ya?
2: Yeah, and saturation of base and model size is something to consider here, because like if you if you have too many things where you can't even move anymore, um, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's a problem that you don't learn until you actually think about the base size, because you can, yeah, I can write a list with you know a billion dudes and a billion buggies, but moving them around is gonna be difficult, especially with a board full of terrain.
0: Yeah, this is especially true for vehicles, monsters, and other sort of big things uh, that don't easily move through terrain. You can really clog yourself up. It still does apply to other like smaller models as well, though. Even infantry can get in each other's way, and that's worth remembering, especially for a horde army.
2: Yeah, there's no, there's, there's the coherency rules in Ninth make it quite a bit more limited. You need to group up quite a bit more. You can't. Spread and string like you used to.
0: Yeah. Let's say you've done all these things we've talked about. You've, you've figured out your army, you've you've built on all the correct things, you've gotten all your solutions, you, you've you hammered out what the meta is, you, you know what you can play, you've done all this stuff. And you've done a perfect job of it, and you're ready to take your army to an actual, either a tournament or practice games or whatnot. Um... I think the typical experience here is you bring it in and it doesn't do what you thought it was gonna.
1: Yeah, the first step is you have a plan, watch the plan fail, and then you don't have a plan anymore.
2: Yeah, I think there's a critical point here um, where you had, we do have to identify, did you fail or did the list fail? But if you, had, if you ran something and you obviously you didn't do what you expected it to do, that's a, probably a unit fail.
0: Yes, and on some level, every game is probably a failure, whether you lose or win the game. Um, When you start with a a list you are bringing, whether it is completely new or an iteration, um, you are looking for the failures of the list every time, because failure is actually critical to understanding what the list is doing well and what it isn't because you're always looking for points to improve on competitive players do not sit on the same list for extended periods of time ben mentioned he plays a different list every tournament he goes to literally every tournament he goes to
1: yeah
2: i didn't want to try and say that every tournament but i will look and change based on that so i have some tournaments that are the exact same list but like and I, you mean like the most minor changes? I'm talking like ten point war gear changes and stuff like that. So it's, it's still a different list. <laughs> still a different list.
0: You would be surprised at how big of a difference less than fifty points could make. Because I, I would say that uh, I'm not sure whether who you agree this, but I would say that the difference between a four and one list and a five and zero oh list is probably less than fifty points. It can be. Yeah, there's
2: there's definitely um, some like relatively big decisions and small small pieces, um, you know absolutely. things things I think about here uh, that come to mind. If you want examples, is like does my war boss go on foot or does he go on bike? You know, that's mm-hmm. that's only like a twenty some point you know consideration, uh, but that can make the biggest difference in your game.
0: Yeah, it, absolutely enormous. Your process here should be. You come up with a list idea. You test that list in one or more games. Honestly, you probably don't want to change your list after every game unless it completely crashed and burned. You should probably get multiple experiences with a given list before changing it. Mm -hmm. But you will figure out some flaw, problem, or lacking in the list, i.e. a failure... And then you will go back to that design step and say, how can I fix this problem? What can I change? And this is where you're looking at balancing and trade-offs. Like, okay, can I afford to remove one of my transports to add some more guns? Or do I have plenty of guns? Maybe I pull one plasma guy from each squad and try and squeeze in another objective holder. Or whatever problem you've identified.
1: Yeah, and remember to get a good, as Sean mentioned, a good bit of data points here, because what you're doing is you're redesigning. Um, you're mm-hmm. analyzing failure, and then you're redesigning. So yes. one game isn't enough data points unless the one game was like extremely crash-and-burn telling against a meta netlist or
0: something. Right.
2: Yeah, and sometimes the answer, even in failure, is to do nothing. Like, did you lose mm-hmm. to a random skewed opponent um and is that a list you're going to worry about in the future if no then don't really worry about it you knew that was a weakness at the time you don't need to change your list to adjust for it unless suddenly your meta shifts to be a bunch of something similar to that um so sometimes the answer is like well i failed here but like kind of had a edge on me and i'm not really going to change my list or sometimes you just are happy with your list you're happy at a Even if you Mm -hmm. do lose, you're going to lose games. Um, So there is the always do nothing answer also.
0: Yeah, we we don't want to conflate the failure of a list with losing a game because those two are not the same thing. Your list can fail and you can still win. Your list can succeed and you can still lose. Mm -hmm. But... I think the the most important thing from this is this iterative nature, is you design a list, you test it, you figure out where it's failing, you redesign that list and go back to step one. And you're going to do this over and over and over again. You're going to do this hundreds or thousands of times. We have talked about this a little bit before, but I know that I personally write hundreds of lists for every one that I bring to a tournament. A lot of those lists never even get to the test stage, because I recognize this just does not do what I want it to. You're going to do this a lot if you're trying to write lists.
1: And it is a skill. You're going to suck in the beginning. That's why we started this episode with everyone sucking in the beginning.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep.
1: And you know what? We're all much better list writers now, so... It's just time, effort, and elbow grease like anything else in 40k.
0: Yeah. Your friends can help you, but you are still going to have to work through the process yourself and figure out what works for you and and how you can recognize these problems. But that, that basic process of iterating again and again on the same list is something that everyone of any skill level does, whether they realize it consciously or not. So you can take these lists and you may hone one list down and realize you've hit a point where I can't improve this anymore. Okay, set this list aside, try something else. That list might teach you lessons that you can use elsewhere. Even when an entire list concept fails, when you realize that you have to abandon it in its entirety, this still doesn't mean you failed as a designer the fact that you recognize that failure is actually a success. Yeah. So you can set that aside and start on something new, taking those lessons you learn.
1: So Thomas Edison like failed to invent a light bulb like something like 700 something times, but it meant he had 700 different ways to not build a light bulb. So that's still sh- that's still learning.
0: Some would say he never succeeded. In fact, it was other people who invented the light bulb. But
1: that's, that's a whole other discussion. I, I'm trying to make a quote here, and I don't remember the exact number. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The concept still applies.
2: The, the concept of stealing someone's list and using it still applies. <laughs>
0: yeah. That is actually relatively true. Uh, As long as you don't become rich and famous using their list and take it as your own, I think I'm actually okay with that.
1: <laughs> Alright.
0: So, I think one last point that we should emphasize here, and this is, this is maybe something I think a lot of players struggle with, especially if they are newer to the list design process, um, is the concept of boys before toys. Uh, this kind of originated with orc players a little bit, hence the the terminology, uh, but it's something that applies to everyone, and it, it's a very good general rule to follow, which is, more bodies are more important than adding upgrades to those bodies, in most cases. So
1: I will also point out is, a the bo- presence of a body on the table has an intrinsic worth that's very hard to describe.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: that's how you interact with the game. So every body you have yep. gives you more interaction.
0: Yeah, that doesn't mean you shouldn't take upgrades. There are many upgrades that are very good. Leaving the meltagun off your squad of space marines, maybe not a great idea. But that doesn't mean you have to take every meltagun that is possible to take. Only that you need to understand why you are taking each of them, yeah. and you have to justify those points spent by showing that they are better than the other things you could spend those points on. If your 10 point melting gun is there, you need to say, this is better than a 10-point body because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you know, there's a... the common saying in the orc community is definitely boys before toys, and... We usually Mm -hmm. are quoting that to not like cut into that core amount of boys you have. And we're going, I'm going to go back to the core here. Just like some people are just like, well, what if I went to 70 boys and a lot of the experienced arc players, unless you have like a certain list in mind, are going are going to cringe and be like, "Oh, well, I don't know." Um, you 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 probably mm-hmm. still want those twenty plus boys, especially if they put it into like random stuff that isn't really themed or synergized lists. Like, well, I want to do it. Put in some killa cans. We'll, we'll be like, "No, no, 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 no. Boys before toys." Uh, that's yeah. a that's a pretty yeah. easy decision to make.
0: Yes, you I. I... Personally, my experience with this a lot is these little, like, random upgrades that people are like, well, it's only five points. Um, you'll see a lot of this on characters and vehicles who have a lot more upgrade options than other units do, but you can also see it scattered across units. It's like, you know, if you cut five points there and ten points there and ten points there and five points there and five points there and five points there, you just add a whole other unit to your army. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is why choosing between falchions and Halberts is a decision in Grey Knights these days.
0: mm mm-hmm. um, So, look at your upgrades and ask yourself, what does this do for me over the basic equipment, and how does it change or improve my game plan? And if your answer is like, well, sometimes when my opponent gets within six inches of the unit, and they use a stratagem, then on a d6 of four or better, they have to spend one extra command points, then maybe it's not worth those five points, because how often does that come up? Yeah. You you need to look at how relevant these upgrades are and what they are actually doing for you. And after games... Again, look at your list, because you're not just looking for the failure points, you're also looking at the points where you didn't succeed, and if you realize that in the past ten games you have never used one of your unit's upgrades, maybe you need to get rid of that upgrade. I think we have covered this extremely large and expansive subject about as well as we are likely to be able to in the course of an hour. There's a lot more to playing and writing lists. We obviously cannot cover everything that you need to do when going through a list. This is a subject each of us has spent many hours talking about on the podcast and many hundreds of hours working on personally and talking with other players about um, But if you use this skeleton, you can work to kind of try and fast-track your list design. Go through this process and take it forward in in an orderly and organized fashion, rather than just sort of haphazardly removing units and upgrades and changing things without really thinking about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because more than anything else, more than the specific steps of this particular process that we have told you, What we really want you to take away from this is intentionality. Making choices for specific reasons and thinking through what those choices mean and how they affect the rest of your army. If you remove one unit of troops, think about how that changes your games. Think about how other games you have played would have been different if you did not have that unit of troops. Would I have been able to hold as many objectives? Would I have been able to screen out my enemy's units? By thinking these things through and making these choices, you can understand the ways in which you're altering your list rather than simply changing it and hoping that what you want occurs.
1: Take it out of random and into driven.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. If you are looking for maybe some help with your list, uh, you want to try and go through this process with someone, because it does certainly help to have someone to talk to about this. Uh, That's the one other thing, is don't do this by yourself. Do this with the other players in your area. You will find it so much easier to do. But... If you don't have those players, you're looking for an outside opinion, and you would like to contact us, we are available on Gmail, in the finest hour, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook as in the finest hour. And if you really like the show and you'd like to help support us for $5 a month, you can subscribe to our private Facebook group and Discord channel through Patreon, where we are, of course, in the finest hour. And that money goes to help support the show, pay for our hosting, equipment, and all the other things that keep us running. So thank you very much to everyone who has supported us already. We really appreciate what you do, and you are literally the ones who make this show possible.
1: I'd like to thank Rylan Woodrow for doing the awesome epic art. Uh, You can find him on Facebook, uh, DeviantArt, uh, Instagram, and yeah.
2: I'd like to thank Dank Muse for his wonderful sounds he provides for our intro and, and interlude, and you can find his work on YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud.
0: Well, I think that wraps us up for this week. Next week we'll be talking about a subject that is uh, near and dear to many of the hosts of the podcast, both past and present. Note taking. Bye oh bye.
2: Get your pens out, kid.
0: Yeah, until that time, I've been Sean Morgan, Shailen Allen-West, Ben Joy. Thanks for listening.